I dreamed of traveling the long road, singing my songs to that distant stranger. Yes, I know it's sad for you, but it's something I got to do. And I will be coming home, back to the mountains, back to being free from all there is to be. Coming home to live and the life I once knew. Hello, everyone. And welcome to Bedtime Bible Boys with Brock, Trey, and Theron TJ. Thanks Thanks for for listening. We love you, Mom. And you too, Gail. Last night we left off in chapter 21, where the boys both described David acting a little crazy, and Akish deciding that he didn't even need to worry about that madman. That guy's a loon, and I can let him go. So we continue on in chapter 22, and Brock... Who is David fleeing from right now? Saul. That's right. Why does King Saul want to kill David? Because he wants Jonathan to be king, not David. Jealousy. That that would be that's probably one underlying reason, Brock. That's right. Trey, I think that's the big one. Jealousy. He's jealous of David. Chapter twenty two. David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. All those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him, and he became their leader. About four hundred men were with him. From there David went to Mizpah in Moab and said to the king of Moab, Would you let my father and mother come and stay with you? until I learn what God will do for me. So he left them with the king of Moab, and they stayed with him as long as David was in the stronghold. But the prophet Gad said to David, Do not stay in the stronghold. Go into the land of Judah. So David left and went to the forest of Hereth. I think that's kind of interesting that it says when his brothers and fathers heard about uh, David being in a cave at Adullam, they went to go see him. And, and kind of moved by it, because to me it indicates that David's brothers had a change of heart about their brother. Remember at first they were kind of jealous, because the firstborn son and all the other sons who were all older than David were overlooked by Samuel and not anointed by the Lord to be the king. When Jesse heard that one of his sons was going to be anointed, probably the last person they were figuring that would be was David. But we say this theme all the time. Where the world disqualifies, the Lord qualifies. And I think it's good that his brothers 
seem to have dropped that bias against David and have probably seen what he has accomplished and responded accordingly, which was with admiration. Moving on in verse 6. Now Saul heard that David and his men had been discovered, and Saul, spear in hand, was seated under the tamarisk tree on the hill at Gibeah, with all his officials standing around him. Saul said to them, Listen, men of Benjamin, will the son of Jesse give all of you fields and vineyards? Will he make all of you commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds? Is that why you have all conspired against me? No one tells me when my son makes a covenant with the son of Jesse. None of you is concerned about me or tells me that my son has incited my servant to lie in wait for me as he does. But Doag, the Edomite, who was standing with Saul's officials, said, I saw the son of Jesse come to Ahimelech, son of Ahitub at Nob. Ahimelech inquired of the Lord for him. He also gave him provisions and the sword of Goliath the Philistine. Then the king sent for the priest Ahimelech, son of Ahitub, and his father's whole family, who were the priests at Nob, and they all came to the king. Saul said, Listen now, son of Ahitub. Yes, my lord, he answered. Saul said to him, Why have you conspired against me and the son of Jesse, giving him bread and a sword and inquiring of God for him, so that he has rebelled against me and lies in wait for me, as he does today? Ahimelech is in a tight spot here. With Saul's spear in his hand, I believe Saul's going to fill another spear. Every time it says that he has a spear in his hand, he throws it at someone. And you know he's mad. He just got finished lecturing everybody about not giving him information. What he was getting at was they were not being loyal to him. However, they were being loyal, if not to God, then certainly to truth and integrity, because it was better for them to be loyal to David than it was to Saul. So either they were being loyal to the Lord, or they were just being loyal to what is right. But Saul is not happy, and Ahimelech brought his whole family. This is a dangerous thing, and there's places in the world where when you make a decision, if you have convictions from the Lord, it could be a certain decision or a certain defiance. There are places in this world where you or your family can be harmed, either physically or economically or social status, because you choose to follow what the Lord says. Because you've read this book, you know what the Lord would have you do. It's his word to you and you follow it. There are places on this earth uh, that aren't, don't allow you to exercise the freedom without punishment of following it. I think the worst things I've had to deal with from a, a government perspective in this country are still much better than what people 
that are really suffering across the globe go through. And I'm thankful. I can be thankful. Even when there's little things that I don't like, I can be thankful for all that we do have. In verse 14, Ahimelech answered the king, Who, all of your servants, is loyal as David, the king's son-in-law, captain of your bodyguard, and highly respected in your household? Was that day the first time I inquired of God for him? Of course not. Let not the king accuse your servant or any of his father's family, for your servant knows nothing at all about this whole affair. And he didn't, because David lied to him. Do you remember that? David told him that he was there on a mission from Saul. And that was truly all that Ahimelech knew. But the king said, You will surely die. Ahimelech, you, and your father's whole family. Then the king ordered the guards at his side, Turn and kill the priests of the Lord, because they too have sided with David. They knew he was fleeing, yet they did not tell me. But the king's officials were not willing to raise a hand to strike the priests of the Lord. The priests didn't side with David. They didn't know the whole situation. David deceived them. And if anything, if they're good priests, they would have sided with the Lord. Even the king's officials weren't willing to go through with what's effectively a murder. The king then ordered Doeg, You, turn and strike down the priests. So Doeg, the Edomite, turned and struck them down. That day he killed 85 men who wore the linen ephod. He also put to the sword Nob, the town of the priest, with its men and women, its children and infants, and its cattle, donkeys, and sheep. But Abiathar, a son of Ahimelech, son of Ahitub, escaped and fled to join David. He told David that Saul had killed the priests of the Lord. Then David said to Abiathar, That day, when Doeg the Edomite was there, I knew he would be sure to tell Saul, I am responsible for the death of your father's whole family. Stay with me. Don't be afraid. The man who is seeking your life is also seeking mine. You will be safe with me. When we do something wrong and it catches up with us and we see something really was stolen, killed, and destroyed, all we can do is admit to the injustices that we caused, admit to the lies we told. agree with the Lord concerning our standing of having done something that deserves death. And in this case, the death was Ahimelech and his whole family. If David would have told him the truth, perhaps Ahimelech would have had to tell Saul. And maybe he would have. And maybe David would have said, okay, well, I'm going to go hide in these mountains and Ahimelech says fine but I'm going to tell Saul I I don't know that I'm just saying maybe maybe there was a way that Ahimelech's family could have been spared and David could still live could still flee Saul 
Remember when we were reading this the other night and we said, you know, this sin is going to come back to David in a bad way. There's always something waiting down the road. And remember we agreed that the Lord wouldn't have supported this lie. It got David out of a situation, but it would have been better for David to go through the pressure. Why did you have to lie? The Lord would have delivered you. If he hadn't already delivered you, he would have delivered you again. You don't have to lie to make sure that the Lord is going to do what he said he's going to do. He said it. It's going to happen. David could have trusted in that. And Ahimelech and his family may not have died. At least David understands it and admits it. It's a good lesson for us. Trust the Lord. If he would have needed another deliverance, the Lord would have given him more. Later on in life, when David commits adultery with Bathsheba and ends up effectively murdering Uriah, the Lord even says that to him. If I hadn't given you enough already in your marriage, I would have given you even more. Our decisions hold more consequence than we know. Don't let that drive you to hang your head about the bad decisions. Forget those. They're hidden in Christ. Allow it to change the way you view your next decision. You agree? I love you. Of course. I love you too. You're good kids. <laughs>